0: Okay, welcome back to Ship Performance. Then I'm Tim Davies, and I was looking through my site the other night. I realized there was a podcast that I hadn't put out, something I'd written, and it didn't have a podcast player on it. So I thought, well, seeing as I'm using a new microphone setup now, which is a Rode Podcaster with a pop shield. ...on a stand I got from Amazon for about £5... ...so anything could happen today on this podcast... ...I thought I'd uh, put that out for you. It's to do with a fight that happened between... um, ...a UFC fighter, Ultimate Fighting Championship... ...and a boxer, conventional fight. And most of you who have got an interest in sport... ...will know that the fight I'm talking about... ...is the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Now I got up early in the morning... ...because back in the UK... Uh, I think this was almost like midnight in Vegas. So for us, it was about four or five in the morning. I think it started just after five. But I got out of bed about half four because I wanted to um, take some lessons from this. I watched a lot about the build up of the fight. And these are two great fighters. There's, whether you like boxing or whether you like martial arts or, or, or anything like that, you have to admire these two people. And what really you need to admire is the psychology, not the actions necessarily but the psychology of these two people. And there's lessons in here. There's seven that I've picked out. And you know, I had the label, the um, the, the podcast here, seven essential you overlooked lessons. And I'm not that kind of guy that writes like that, but I'm still trying to work out what gets people to to read a post and takes them into that first paragraph. Um, it is the title. We all know that. That's why you click on things like, you'll never guess what she did next and all that kind of rubbish that we see on Twitter. On the internet and stuff. And then we hate ourselves forever, of course, for clicking on such rubbish. So, next time, I think I'm not going to use a title like that. But in all honesty, it kind of worked for this one because I do think that these were some lessons that were overlooked. And in fact, since then, I have seen one of these two things, one or two of these points that I bring out here sort of mentioned in the press. So, obviously, there's some people out there with a similar mindset to me. It's only seven minutes. Anything could happen in that seven minutes, right? Um, I've got another podcast coming out pretty soon as well about me stopping flying. I'm going to put that one out this week as well. Um, I'm obviously going to carry on writing and podcasting about stuff that hopefully you'll find interesting. But what I'm going to be doing is just talking about stuff that I find interesting. And if you like it, well, that's great. Send me an email and say thanks. And I really appreciate that. So I'll I'll go through this with you now. And uh, hopefully you can take some things out of it. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about Risk. Um, we're going to talk a bit about um, about planning, which you know we're big into here. About commitment, um, how we need to keep driving ourselves forward. One of the sections here is about being hard to kill, and and it's not exactly what you think. But I'm going to talk you about that as well. So there's there's a few things in there. Hopefully you um you'll get something out, and if you do, that's great. Send me an email and uh, tell me you got something out of it. I really appreciate those things. Okay, so. Seven essential yet overlooked lessons from the Mayweather-McGregor fight. It looked just like any other overhyped boxing match of recent times. The older guy who had already made a ton of money being challenged by the younger guy who was also looking to make a ton of money. But to many of us, it was about so much more. A lot of guys will often say that their wife doesn't understand them and at 4am on this particular morning, My alarm was telling me that I was about to become one of those guys. As I shrugged off the disdain coming from her side of the bed, I prepped a vein into which to inject neat coffee. Opening the laptop, I hit the link that I bought to watch the fight and crawled under a blanket on the sofa. I was ready. This could be the greatest fight ever, I thought, as I struggled to keep both eyes open. The fight was between two masters, of their craft, Floyd Money Mayweather and Connor the Notorious McGregor. And whenever you see masters at work, you should be respectful, stop what you are doing and pay attention. Even if it means getting out of bed at some ungodly hour. If you missed it, don't worry. I got up early so you didn't have to. And This is what I'd learn. 1. Learn to see risk as opportunity. Now, why did Mayweather, who had everything to lose, choose to fight McGregor, who did not? We are all affected by loss aversion, which is to say that the pain of losing is psychologically about twice as powerful as the pleasure of winning. This means that we tend to avoid a loss more than we seek a win. So, if Mayweather had so much to lose, then why fight at all the 40-year-old multiple world title holding yet retired floyd mayweather was 49-0 undefeated in his professional boxing career when challenged by the 29-year-old reigning ultimate fighting championship lightweight champion connor mcgregor mayweather knew that to lose to mcgregor would not only make a mockery of his illustrious career but probably damaged the sport of boxing forever. But if there was one thing that Mayweather loved more than titles, it was money. And he stood to make a cool $100 million from the fight, win or lose. Secondary to the money. In Mayweather's mind, a win against McGregor would also mean that he would beat the record set by the legendary Rocky Marciano, who himself had retired with a 49-0 pro record. And here's a quote from Mayweather. My legacy, my boxing record, everything is on the line. McGregor, on the other hand, was likely to earn $30 million from the fight just for turning up. Everyone expected him to lose, but what a story it would make for him either way. Both men knew that taking risk was what made them different. They knew that they might be embarrassed should they lose, but they would always be respected for taking the chance. They saw risk as opportunity. Would everyone around them preferred to play it safe? Ask yourself, which road would you have taken? The safe one that your friends expect you to take, or the risky one that might just alter history? There's a quote here. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life or do you want to come with me and change the world? That's what Steve Jobs said to Pepsi executive John Scully to lure him across to Apple. Now, if you are ever stuck with which decision to make, take the risk. It'll make you grow and always make for a great story when you're older. Two, if you decide to do something, go all in early. In the early rounds of the fight, McGregor came out of his corner with his traditionally aggressive style. It was, some commentators thought, the only real chance he had of beating Mayweather. In fact, he landed more punches on Mayweather on his professional boxing debut than Manny Pacquiao had done two years previously and in two fewer rounds. Here's a quote. It was a good fight. I thought I smoked you in the early rounds, but I tell you what. You're one composed individual. That was Conor McGregor. Now, McGregor landed 26% of the punches he threw, as opposed to 19% by Pacquiao, prompting Mayweather to acknowledge after the fight, he is a lot better than I thought he was. He used different angles and was a tough competitor, but I was the better man tonight. Here's a quote here. A good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan next week. And that was George S. Patton Jr. If you know that you have a challenge ahead, go all out at achieving it. You'll be surprised at how much you can accomplish and how many people would rather just get out of your way. Number three, make a plan. As Patton says in the quote above, a plan doesn't have to be a five volume epic, but you do need to have one. A plan lets you identify future stumbling blocks and lets you rectify them early. Connor's plan, was the only one he knew. He was up against the world's greatest defensive boxer. He was out of his depth and he knew it. The only chance he had was to fully commit early and get Mayweather unsettled. Here's a McGregor quote. You didn't get rattled. You tucked in when you needed to tuck in. You switched up your game plan three times. But Mayweather's plan was taken from the Muhammad Ali vs. George Foreman, Rumble in the Jungle, rope-a-dope playbook from 1974. Knowing that McGregor was a hard hitter, but unaccustomed to conserving energy in the explosive MMA matches that last a maximum of five times five minute rounds, Mayweather's team formed a plan. Our game plan was to take our time, let him shoot all his heavy shots early on, and then take him down at the end, down the stretch. We know in the MAA, he fights 25 minutes real hard, and after that, he starts to slow down. That was Mayweather. You won't know when you've achieved something without having a goal. And a goal without a plan is just a wish. Number four, and we're almost done. Keep moving forwards. When Al-Qaeda operatives were captured and interviewed in 2015, they said that the most difficult thing about fighting in the towns of southern Iraq was that the US military never stopped coming forwards. This meant that if an Al-Qaeda unit engaged US forces... They would have to retreat immediately as they would never be able to hold the ground that they were occupying. The US forces would commit to the attack and not regroup until the hostile area had been taken and all combatants killed. Psychologically, this had a huge impact on the insurgents. If they did engage the Americans, they would receive an overwhelming weight of return fire from a military force that would never stop until they were all killed. Mayweather unknowingly employed the same tactic against McGregor, a fighter new to the sport of boxing and who would probably wish to spend the first few rounds just finding his feet. Traditionally, UFC fighters have been respectful of McGregor's devastating left fist, but would choose to keep the distance. Many remember the fate of Jose Aldo, who was knocked out by a huge McGregor left in 2015 after only 13 seconds. The knockout, was the fastest finish in UFC title fight history. McGregor. Again, nobody can take that left-hand shot, said McGregor in the post-fight interview. Aldo's powerful and fast, but precision beats power and timing beats speed. And that's what you saw there. That was Conor McGregor. Mayweather knew that the only chance McGregor had was of an early upset and he wasn't going to allow the newcomer to settle. Every time McGregor threw a punch, Mayweather would just keep his gloves up and walk forwards into him. He knew he would take some hits, but that in the long run, it would demoralise and tire the newcomer when his punches failed to have the desired effect. Here's a quote. I told you guys I was going to come straight ahead. With coming straight ahead, I was going to take some contact. I could have just sat back and boxed and made it boring. I didn't want to do that. I thought I owed the fans a last hurrah. That was Floyd Mayweather. So even in the dark times, keep moving forwards. When a shark stops swimming, it dies fact dead sharks let's not make this all serious guys I'm, it's a bit kind of like morbid isn't it here's another one okay this is a cool one. Oh, actually where am i yeah okay here's the last one here's um last three be hard to kill starts off with a quote from a great documentary called we could be king i think it's on um netflix or something and try and watch this if you can i love these high school documentaries this one's amazing it's about an american football team it says when they knock you down you get up and ask for more there's one formula all you got to do is start and stay hungry and that's from the head coach called ed dunn at martin luther king high school in the we could be king documentary it's fantastic go and watch it it's pretty obvious to anyone who has fought conor mcgregor that the only way to truly stop him is to put him down here's a quote from mcgregor I thought it was close. I get a little wobbly when I'm tired. It is fatigue. The referee could have let could have kept it going. Let the man put me down. Where were the final two rounds? Let me wobble to the corner and make him put me down. That was Conor McGregor. And in all honesty, when I saw the fight, he didn't look that wobbly to me. I would not have uh, gone near him, to be honest with you. Uh, even though I am a ninja. Fact. Right. How... Easy is it for people to stop you in your tracks. Maybe it's just takes a disrespectful comment from your partner, a snide remark from a work colleague or a harsh post on Facebook to get you out. Build yourself some mental armour and let the negativity bounce off you. Rise above the noise. Remember, small talk is for small people. Of interest, let's talk about this later, but I had an episode this weekend where I found myself in the small talk, small people space. Number six, always be the student. In McGregor's early fighting days, how much do you think a sparring session with the greatest offensive boxer in living memory would have cost him financially? Do you think it would even be for sale? Mayweather probably had never even heard of the young Conor McGregor a few years back. McGregor grew up watching men like Mayweather. They were idols to him and to get the chance to fight him would have been a lifelong dream. I'm a student of the game and I've studied Floyd and it was an honour to share the ring with him that was mcgregor in one of his rare humble moments study your heroes find out how they got their first break write to them offer to help them for free follow them on social media and emulate what they do watch and learn always be the student that's something i always do actually number 7 only diversify when you have established a solid core skill so many young people see job hopping as a way to build skills and to develop or and to eventually Sorry, secure the job they want. The problem with this is that they never get good at any one thing because they never secure a core skill. McGregor established himself as a UFC world champion before striking out into the boxing ring. He had an authenticity, an established provenance and a background that he could always fall back on. Although he was taking a risk, no matter what happened in the boxing ring, he could always go back to MMA. McGregor said here, I will get back into my jiu-jitsu and freestyle wrestling training and we will see what's next. I have many options in the sport of MMA. And what are you known for? What is your core skill? If you don't immediately know, then you are probably thinking at too shallow a level. For example, it would be easy for me to think that my core skill was as a military fighter pilot and flying instructor. But over the years, I've used the role to consume complex ideas about human performance and make them digestible to people who wouldn't otherwise read them. Now I coach individuals and companies and help them build purpose and authenticity and what they do and all because I developed a core skill that allows me to work outside of the cockpit. So there's a bonus one here I've got for you guys as well. And as you know, if you listen listened to any of my stuff before, you'll be familiar with this. And it says, uh, humility goes a long way. So no matter what you do, be respectful to everyone you meet. My father was a police officer for 37 years and during that time he was never assaulted by anyone. Now ask any police officer today how many times they've encountered conflict in their job and they are more likely to be able to count the times when they haven't. My father always said that the reason he was able to remain unharmed was because he treated everybody in the same way. He always called them sir or madam and never did so with a condescending tone and that's because he meant it. So humility, humility goes a long way in establishing rapport with someone. If you attempt to dominate a person from the outset, you'll be met with the same in return. McGregor says here, "It was an honor to come over and showcase my skills." McGregor was certainly outboxed, but even though he's well known for being outspoken, he was humble in defeat. Remember to enjoy the experience. There really is no other reason for doing something. McGregor says here, "It was a good fun. It was a good fight. Sorry, it was a bit of fun, right?" And that's what he actually said to Mayweather after the fight. One last thing for those who are underconfident and full of self-doubt. Listen to the true grandmaster and get out there and take some risks. This is a quote here. Who's this from then? A lot of you won't know this one. It says, daniel son lie become truth only if a person want to believe it. And that is, of course, Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid. There's a lot of good in Karate Kid. Worth watching. Karate Kid if you haven't seen it already. So... It's interesting. that I'm going to go back to that one I said I was going to talk to you about. Oh, yeah, just that's the end, guys. So we can we can switch off now. I think the one that we said here was um, about the small talk, wasn't it? At the weekend, uh, small talk is for small people. Um, I was up at Cranwell last week. I'm looking after an aircraft called the Grob Prefect that we're bringing into service. A lot of you know that already. I do need to speak about this soon, and I will. I'm up at Cranwell again this week, and I've been up there for the last six weeks. But um, I got back. Uh, I got up there with uh, another buddy I work with. Bringing this jet in is more complicated than you realize. I call it everything a jet. It has got a turbojet engine, whatever. So it is a jet technically, but it's complicated to bring this airplane in. There's 23 of them and it is it is a bit difficult. So there's a lot of work going on. In fact, we had to hand a report into the boss for Friday. He was going straight into a meeting at nine o'clock. And so we got that report done at about half one in the morning. And that's not half one sat in the bar, guys. That's half one sat in a room typing and coming up with the atomic, with what the boss needs just cut out all the chafe and everything. just get the actual facts down so the boss can take this up to higher authority. So, you know, that's a lot of effort and it takes its toll. And then I drove back on Friday and I was, you know, super tired, whatever, but, you know, we're double R'd, right? We're all ninjas. So we'll let that go. And, uh, and then my wife had some family coming over at the weekend. This is exactly what you need, of course, isn't it? So her family came over and I kind of let it get to me. Uh, what I didn't do is compartmentalize and say, okay, I'm fatigued, I'm tired. Let's go for a run. Let's do some exercise. Um, let's go through that halt. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? I talk about that in my book, guys. Um, I was tired. I didn't really realize I was tired. And to be honest, having a family just, you know, come in when I just needed some space, or whatever. So I kind of went into that kind of, um, it's like, it's weird. It's like a sulking mode. And I recognized it and I was like, oh, drag yourself out of this. This is a nightmare. But it's hard to do that sometimes when you're you know when you're in a bad place So what I should have done is take myself away from that and what I didn't I just sat there in a in a kind of grump sort of thing so um and I talk about that a little bit in some posts I think I'm running a post at the moment that talks about you know what a sulk is a sulk is an issue with yourself it's not an issue with the other person it's and I, I want to talk about that a bit later and, and stuff in another podcast so um just going back over this one then let's see which ones we can really use in everyday life. So I like the number one, they learn to see risk as opportunity. I take a lot of risk in my job. I take a lot of risk in the way that I talk to people and build relationships. I give a lot of information across to the contractors we work to with and maybe information I shouldn't give them, but in return, I know the individuals and they're good people and they give me information back that they probably shouldn't give me, but it helps us work together. It's called partnering. We move things forward. So that's a bit risky, but there's a lot of opportunity in there. So maybe do the things that you your friends would probably laugh at you and see how far it gets you i think you'll you'll grow quickly um if you decide to do something go all in early yeah hard that isn't it if you're going to do something commit to it and just do it make a plan is the next one that's always good keep moving forwards here's a good one as well i talked about a morning routine um a few podcasts ago for me if if you know a morning routine is about the night before it's um putting stuff out laying out your clothing setting your alarm clock when it goes off get out of bed and you know the first thing you're going to do the first thing you can do is probably just stretch a little bit put those clothes on walk downstairs it's hard when it's cold outside but keep moving forwards it's not about doing it once or twice you'll start building habits when you start doing it more it's something that you do and don't don't take on too much too quickly else it won't won't work this is why the giving up alcohol in january never works or go to the gym in January, never works. And we'll talk about alcohol another time. Okay, be hard to kill. Yeah, just keep moving forwards and everyone, all the negativity will bounce off you. Always be the student, always be respectful, guys. Really important, that one. And then only diversify when you've established a, college, uh, saw college, a solid core skill, I do apologize. And that's quite important, that one, really. So how, how what's the best way of saying that really is, I know lots of people that play all different variety of guitars and they're great, but, they're not great at any one guitar. And it's fine. That That's absolutely fine. I've got another friend who is just a master of all things acoustic. And he's just bought himself his first electric guitar. And he's amazing. Don't get me wrong. He's amazing. But no one I've ever heard can play an acoustic guitar like this guy. And everyone talks about how great this guy is on the acoustic guitar. And he's got an electric guitar. It's fine. But he built up his core skill before he went out and bought all these electric guitars. So whether you want to do it or not it's I think it's important really to just establish that 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 solid core skill Guys, look this is 22 minutes what are you doing to me you're dragging me out I've got a lot to do today and then the last one about humility humility goes a long way all right um, if you're being bullied or something humble if someone calls your names just go yeah definitely that's me be humble all right uh, and if you're being bullied write me an email and we can chat it out because you can get bullied at work as well don't get me wrong it's not just for uh, guys at school. Okay. Hopefully that is something good for you guys. The next one I'm going to put out then was the one I put out about stopping flying. And uh, I have stopped flying a couple of weeks ago. Let's not ruin it. Okay. And that one is um, one I wrote. If you want to go on the website and have a read of that, by all means, that's quite popular on things like LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, link in with me, why not? And uh, if you are reading on the website, I really appreciate the comments and on Facebook, of course, if you're not on, facebook and you're following me i have to use facebook guys i'm not going to use snap or insta it's just you've got to pick your channel right not loving facebook really but it's somewhere quite convenient for us um jump on facebook you can find facebook through my website Talk to the website there twitter i'm using less now apparently 65 percent of people on twitter are actually bots which is a bit kind of crazy the youtube channel i'm using less as well i think the future is in podcasting to be honest so um i'm just going to try and use this a lot more What's in the future? A bit of drone cam stuff. You know it. I'm going to put that Mavic Pro back up again. I'm going to show you that. That's great. And uh, what else am I doing? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to talk to you about the Grob Prefect, the Embraer Phenom, that I'm also bringing in, and the Beechcraft or Textron Texan 2 T6C Mark One. I. I know what we're going to be calling that airplane now. It's um, It looks like the the, the short Stacano. all right? It's the Texan. I'm going to bring that aircraft in as well. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. All right, thanks so much. Really appreciate you listening. Uh, Tim Davies, Fireship Performance.